now. Coming up next, the most famous science fiction writer in the world reaches down, way down, and changes the course of a young writer's life. Our friend, Snap Judgment regular contributor, travel writer, and raconteur extraordinaire, Jeff Greenwald takes us to the Snap Judgment he made standing outside a movie theater when he was a teenager and how that one event led to a life-changing afternoon with the late great sci-fi legend Arthur C. Clarke. This story takes place when I was really pretty young. I was about 14, and the movie Bonnie and Clyde had recently come out, and it was making a big sensation. All of my friends were going to see Bonnie and Clyde. But for one reason or another, my parents had talked to a couple who they, they knew a few days earlier who told them that Bonnie and Clyde was very violent, and it wasn't the sort of movie that a, a kid should see. You know, back then, 14-year-olds were considered kids. You know, today they're, they're running corporations. So they forbid me to go see Bonnie and Clyde. So I, I, I nodded my head, and I, I was very uh, upset about it, and my mother left for work, and I got on my bicycle, and I rode to the um, Mid-Island Theater on, in Hicksville, Long Island, which is where Bonnie and Clyde was playing. And I parked my bike, and I walked up to the box office, and there was Bonnie and Clyde starting in 15 minutes. And I was just about to hand over my money, but you, know, you have to realize I was kind of, I was a geek. I was, I was a good kid. I, 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 go, I was afraid of getting caught. I was actually you know, a, a wimp. And uh, what was I going to do? Was I going to go see Bonnie and Clyde? And I, I was standing there with my money in my hand and, and looking up, and I realized that you know, it was a twin theater. And in the other side of the theater, there was this, this other movie that had just opened that looked very intriguing to me as well. It was 2001, A Space Odyssey. Just opened. I had loved, always loved the space program. I had watched all the takeoffs of the Mercury and the Gemini programs. I watched Star Trek religiously. I had watched the very first episode on September 8th, 1966. And I was like, 2001, a space odyssey. That, that, sounds, that sounds like it could be interesting. So I, I paid my money and I got my ticket and I went in and I sat through 2001, a space odyssey during this hot summer day. I sat through it once, and, and then I, it was time for the 4.30 showing, and I sat through the 4.30 showing, and then it was time for the 8 o'clock showing, and I st- sat through the 8 o'clock showing. I saw 2001 A Space Odyssey three times in a row, and when I, when I came out of the theater, I, I felt like I'd been completely transformed. I had never seen anything so wild, so amazing. I felt like I'd actually journeyed into outer space. I was completely and absolutely seduced by, by this phenomenal visual experience I'd had. So I, I was savvy enough at 14 to realize that the real credit for any movie goes as much to the writer as the director. And I had seen that the screenplay for this movie was written by Arthur C. Clarke. I'd never heard of Arthur C. Clarke, but I went to the library and I saw that he had written about 213 books <laughs> with, with titles like The Sands of Mars and An Earthlight and A Fall of Moon Dust. And I, uh, I was just astonished and I checked out eight of his books at the library, and I read them all within a week, and I went back and I, I checked out eight more of his books, and I read all those books, and I, I brought them back and I checked them all out week after week, and, and, and two or three months went by until I had read everything that Arthur C. Clarke had ever written. And at that point, at the age of 14, I sat down and I took out a big pen and I wrote him a fan letter. And I wrote, Dear Arthur, my name is Jeff. I'm also a writer. 
I have some ideas that I think you might find very useful and helpful. And I, I'm not going to tell them to you right now, but I have a few stories I'd like you to read. But to give you some sense of who I am, here are some drawings of, of rocket ships and, and, and weapons of the future that you might, you might get some inspiration from. And I, this, this letter was five pages long, and, and I, I, I think if I got a chance to see the letter right now, I would, I would literally, literally die of embarrassment. I shamelessly, I looked, I looked in the who's who in literature, saw that he lived, of all places, in Sri Lanka. I folded up this five-page letter, which was all written on graph paper, the easier to draw these spaceships on, and I, I posted it to, to Arthur C. Clarke in Colombo, Sri Lanka. And I pretty much forgot about it, and months went by, and I thought no more, no more about it, except I, was, I saw 2001 probably about six more times in the interim. And then one day, out of nowhere, comes this postcard. And it is a very simple postcard, just your standard USA postcard. There's no picture on it, with my name, this funny writing on the front. And then the back, it says, Dear Jeff, received your letter. I will be at the Chelsea Hotel in New York City on such and such a date. Give me a call. Arthur C. Clarke. It was a short postcard, but I read it about 1,600 times, uh, unable to believe that it was true. And when the, the day came where, where Clark said he'd be at the Chelsea Hotel, I called the number on the card, and sure enough, they put me through, and I was talking on the phone with Arthur C. Clarke, and he was saying, the Chelsea Hotel is off 8th Avenue on 23rd Street. I'd love to meet you. I enjoyed your letter. Come by and visit me. And I couldn't believe it. I was, I don't think that I have ever been as nervous in my life as I was at, at that young age, packing up the two or three page long science fiction stories I had written and bringing them into New York on the Long Island Railroad to show to the, the greatest idol I had ever had, this science fiction writer, Arthur C. Clarke. So I got to the Chelsea Hotel and I was shown up to his door and I knocked on the door and Arthur C. Clarke, who was at that time 52 years old, answered the door with a big smile. He invited me in, offered me a cup of tea, his British roots showing, of course, sat me down and just spoke with me for an hour and a half about space, about his adventures as a writer, about his life in Sri Lanka, about what it was like meeting the astronauts, about whether or not he thought that it would ever be possible to go to the moon in my lifetime. We, we talked about all these, these pressing issues, and he gave me his press pass from Apollo 9, and uh, it, was, it was an astonishing, astonishing day. And, and as it ended, I... I kind of very hesitantly reached into my little day pack and I took out this envelope with these three short stories I'd written in it. And I said, here are the short stories I brought for you. I'd, I'd like you to read them. And he laughed and he put his hand on my shoulder and he said, I make a practice of never reading anything that anyone gives me because I, it, my, really, my agent doesn't allow it because what if I get an idea from somebody? There'd be a terrible lawsuit. <laughs> so in this way, he very charitably and kindly told me to get lost. So I, I, I said, okay, and I asked if I could use the bathroom in his hotel room before I left, and, and, and I did, and then I, I went back to the street, went back to the train. I was sitting on the train, riding back to Long Island, uh, unable to believe this experience I'd had when I realized that I had left the manila envelope with the three short stories in it on Arthur C. Clarke's sink in his Chelsea hotel room. And I was devastated with embarrassment. I didn't know whether to call him and apologize or what to do. I was embarrassed to call him. I was embarrassed not to call him. I just did what I was very good at at that age. I, I, I tried to forget about it entirely. And so I did until a week later when the manila envelope arrived 
in my parents' mailbox. And I opened it up, and there were my three short science fiction stories, completely covered in red ink. Clark had read them, correcting all my absolutely idiotic mistakes, like, um, so you're walking on Jupiter, eh? Are you aware you'd be crushed like a bug? Or uh, uh, circling an idea that I thought was a pretty good idea. He, he would write something like, hmm, I don't want to say anything, but perhaps you got this idea from my book, Earthlight, which has the exact same concept. Or he would, he, would, he would write something like, oh, you see the Earth clearly from Mars, do you? It wouldn't look like much more than a speck. And I read through these stories with, with a combination of, of gratitude and just absolute um, you know, devastation by, by the amount of, of criticism. And then at the very end of the last story, Clark had, had put down his red pen and picked up a green one, and he'd written these words. He wrote, well, you still have about a million words of writing to do, but you're just about where I was at 15. It was, of course, a lie, and an, an extremely generous and charitable lie, but it was the lie that kept me going and kept me writing, and I've never stopped since then, and I credit Clark as being the catalyst, the force that put my writing career in motion. Jeff Greenwald's friendship with Arthur C. Clarke lasted nearly 40 years. You can find out more about the fabulous world of Jeff Greenwald at jeffgreenwald.com. You are listening to Snap Judgment, and to hear more stories, visit snapjudgment.org.